gets a sled, he's dead. The box contains his wife's head. Vader's his father, they're allergic to water. She's his sister and her daughter. You watched it from. And hi, everybody. This is Wade. And this is Siggy. You're listening to You Watched It Wrong, the podcast where we pledge to each other to watch a movie and then we follow through on that no matter what perils it takes us through. That seems like a dig. Because <laughs> <laughs> I, I admittedly did not, only, I didn't get to see, like my second rewatch, I only I didn't get to see in the last half. So. This is the podcast where you hit the subscribe <laughs> button and then pledge to keep listening to every episode, no matter even what the, harm even though, it may cause. Even though half the protosorial and on-air talent didn't do their due diligence <laughs> to bring you the best quality programming it could do. <laughs> but today, that said, uh, this, this um, uh, uh, I was going to say... Uh, episode? This caveat... Uh, befalls on uh, today's selection, The Green Knight from 2021, I believe. I don't know anymore. <laughs> yes. Yes. Okay. Yes. Time, uh, right. That's how it worked. And that, uh, yes, 2020. Yeah. My favorite. I'm just going to start right at the top. I still have a lot oh. of catching up to do on what others tell me are the best movies of 2021. <laughs> um, but. Of the ones I've seen, this is still my number one. So last episode was your number one movie of 2021 at the time. That's correct. I don't know if it still is. Bo Burnham's inside. Well, maybe we'll find out. We're going to follow up now, and uh, and this is my number one of 2021. So far, i still got a lot of watching to do, but um, they just uh, announced the Oscar nominations. Mm-hmm. Oscars, uh, which Wade Carney has said is his Super Bowl. The Super Bowl is tomorrow. <laughs> We're all, this is very timely, folks. It might seem like this is late, like this movie came out like almost a year ago. But and since you'll be listening to this in November, as is usually our editing pattern goes. Yeah, it's, but it's never been more, t- it's your fault. It's never your been more fault if it's, if it's not timely. We're doing That's our right. job. <laughs> yeah, and those Oscar nominations came out, and if I'm correct... Zero for the Green Knight, which zero or Bo Burnham's inside, but it wasn't. Yeah, we figured that, that was right. eligible, but the Green Knight. Yeah, boy, I'm a little upset about that, and I will get to the particulars. I'm sure. Yeah, absolutely. I figure we would. <laughs> so let's jump right into it. We're yeah. not. We're uh, we're just we're we're gonna roll straight. We're wild men. We're, we're questing gonna, on on. We're on gonna this take one. that axe and. We're going to go to town on yeah, this. We're not going to stop and consider what are the possible consequences of our actions. We're, no, we're, no. we're going to and, leap and over that table. And we can, we guarantee we'll have no journey of growth <laughs> in this conversation at all. So, Wade. Okay. Yes. It's kind of a Wade Carney thing and not a Siggy Lama thing, Sigmund Lamar thing, whatever you want to call me. It's kind of a, it's more of a Wade than a Siggy thing to. Uh, take into consideration what the critical reception to a movie was and then rail against that. I was going to do so good about not doing that this episode. <laughs> okay. Well, then uh, I'm just going to say, but this is one where, yeah. like, I I don't do a lot of reading of reviews. Uh, I've done some of this movie, but I, I still, like, 
to me, this movie is like saying something very specific. And I, it's, I think it's, I think this movie is a critique of something that every review I've read or heard buys into the thing that's critiquing and doesn't question it. And it kind of, it kind of blows my mind. So this is hmm. like in the, uh, you watched it wrong camp where I'm actually saying, I think people watch this one wrong. Like, I think, <laughs> I think that, finally I th- something that fits our title. I think people are taking like the opposite <laughs> point of this movie that I got from it. Um, uh, pretty, pretty distinctly. So I don't know. Um, I don't know if that happened to you. I didn't have a lot of familiarity with the, the poem before I saw the movie. Even if I did, I would definitely view the movie as its own thing separate from right. the poem. But having gone and like read the poem or listened to someone read it to me, I <laughs> I I I've only I'm doubling down on on um on my interpretation. So I don't know. Do, do you have that experience too? You were not going to rail, but here's my invitation. Oh, I uh, know. Believe it or not, I didn't uh, seek out a lot of critical analysis. I just heard uh, positive, like gushing. I didn't actually read any critical reviews on this particular movie, which is interesting okay. because I have a gap where I'm like, this this movie does have. Um, um, I mean, I, I tend to. I think I have a, uh, as a viewer, I'm not very bright <laughs> i think yeah. i think I, I i have a tendency and that's to our episode pretty, folks I, I, <laughs> you might want to check out one of the, the other point. 2000 movie podcasts where <laughs> people are well, informed no, and well, no. i've always said I, I like to go where the movie's taking me and and sometimes i take the journey pretty literal and like or a very christian kind of like like uh, oh, uh, the cause and effect, you know, punitive nature of cause and effect, and like, what did this mean? What does that mean? Blah blah, you know, and, and things like that. And so when something like this comes along, which is a lot more. Wait, you're throwing uh, me. You take the Christian point of view when you watch a movie. What is it? What? No, I'm so, I, Well, it's hard. I'm just saying. You know, I grown. I grew up uh, initially in. I mean, our whole society is kind of like. You know, steeped in in Christian uh, t- teachings and kind of subtext, where everything's like a, a a punitive tit for tat kind of you know cause and effect, and like someone's going to get punished because of something they okay. did earlier that deserved. And as try as I might, I can't get rid of it. It's it's there. My expectation is there. So when something comes across more, uh, and I'm going to bring that up later in probably our next election, because <laughs> that's what I've been thinking about. Um, my, I see a movie like this, and I really love the beginning, and I really love the end, and the middle. I know there's a lot of stuff there for me to hang things on that I was really, really getting more this rewatch, which I didn't finish, uh, than the first watch. The first watch I was going, this is the middle part to me was a little long, and kind of slow, but loved the beginning and loved the end, and then um, now I'm I'm seeing it a bit differently because I'm not waiting for these uh, for questions that I built up in my head to pay off that weren't really what the movie was dealing with. I think more literal, like this, that this, you know, sorry, I'm not making myself clear. The point is, is that um, I didn't seek out a lot of uh, critical analysis of it, which was 
strange because I think I needed it. So <laughs> I'm really interested in hearing your uh, your your uh, what you got for the movie that seems to be missing from everyone else's uh, experience. Well, okay. So the so the original poem. I mean, I I feel like the people. <laughs> The, the reviews I did read or listen to, um, Next Picture Show podcast in particular, I'll just call them out. Um, like they might, maybe they should, they're more literate than me. Maybe they were already familiar with the poem. Um, and so they were seeing it through that lens of, well, this is an adaptation of the poem. And the poem is about, um, it's uh, this romance about uh, the heroic chivalric values, right? And honor and, and, um, and oh, what's different about the Green Knight is uh, Garwin or Gawain or whatever, however you want to say his name, is uh, in the original poem. He's already an established knight. He's like already renowned at this point. Um, uh, in the movie, he's not a knight yet. He's, you know, he's green in, uh, in, mm -hmm. in the other sense of the word. Uh, not something that I had thought of uh, while I was watching it. Um, and this is about him, like, proving himself. This is, uh, uh, mm -hmm. oh, he's kind of feckless and he's uh, unsure and immature. And this is about him, like, learning some maturity. And I'm like, really? Like, that... Like to see the movie that way is to completely buy into this idea of, of, of chivalry, um, of knighthood, of, um, of manhood as a, as a, a, a being uh, that needs to like commit violence in virtuous ways, in ways that you're doing God's work, Jesus's work, <laughs> that you're mm -hmm. being, you know, like, um, like there's this whole like ethos that's caught up into it. And for me, like the movie is very clearly showing that this is a tired, exhausted value system that doesn't actually confer any value in the world. Mm. And I, yeah. I feel like it's I feel like it's saying that through the entire thing, you know. And so to to it, it, it's kind of just like kind of blew my mind that I kept seeing people like buy into like oh well it's him having to learn how to become a, a proper chivalrous knight and he finally <laughs> figures it out at the end I'm like what the hell what the hell are you talking about um, <laughs> you know oh well, he has to grow up and be as uh, as staunch and forthright as King Arthur who's like this wheezing hobbled right you know, who's, who's, guy who's, whose Christmas party is like the most dour, dreary, <laughs> like, right, uh, right. Uh, regale me with uh, songs to cheer my heart. And there's no cheer in this room at all. Like, right. Yeah. Know? I love how King Arthur, who I, I thought Sean Harris, who played him, did a, I don't know if it was the writing or him specifically, but I loved his portrayal. And he has just this those um those purple bags under his eyes it's like these like like to see king arthur portrayed as someone who's who's like he's got two um like 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 this is like like there's an illness there's a deficiency in his in his skin around his eyes and so um i was gonna say black eyes but that sounds like he's yeah. involved in a fight but no he's it feels like something is is deficient 
and he's he moves and talks like stone like the stone walls around him you know and like uh, all the life is sucked out of him like it, it's yeah. weird casting because he seems like he's like he could be 30 years old but just playing right. playing an 80 year old guy and like why didn't they get an older guy but i think that's the point is that it's not yeah. that he's old it's just that he's used up like there's nothing yeah. there's nothing in him you know even the queen who seems to be more attuned seems to be a younger lady who's been put through the ringer you know kate dickey kate dickey Dickey. i i like her you know she's got one of those faces um uh, what am i gonna say i can never she's like one of those character actors who she i she always she's probably always looked the same age her entire life (laughs) exactly you know (laughs) wallace sean was old when he was 20 (laughs) yeah like gene hackman never looked like a young man right (laughs) yeah exactly now I, uh, I I find your your analysis really interesting because when you first started talking, uh, well, here, well, here's a because my initial reaction to it is a little bit of both, um, and I but I, I don't think that's so different from what you're gonna from probably what you're gonna say is that it was clear to me that the whole night that this was just this was not a uh, bountiful or like you know there was there was nothing that was. Um, succeeding or like thriving under the realm this 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 whole uh night and feudal system but yet but i saw his journey definitely as a way not to becoming a better knight but just to becoming a a a a capable man to become a a person somebody i did see that throughout the journey but does he coming into maturity does he coming into that's a you know i think so no he does I think he does. I don't think it's to be a knight. I think it's to be a person in the world. Like, like he runs, uh, I mean, just to jump to the end. Sure. Um, when he removes the sash, which was his telling him that he, he would not be hurt if he wore the sash. But it's, he didn't even lose faith in it. He was just willing, he just after the he goes to the green knight to, well he's he's obviously the green knight that was clear from the first few he's the green knight you know the the green in experience right so like he goes to um the chapel and then um uh runs away because he can you know because he's afraid well that's his temptation I'm not, I'm not, this is the last temptation right. of christ the last temptation right oh my god i totally forgot <laughs> I was good, uh, yeah. Because th- th- when I I was when we talked about this like uh, earlier this year about doing this last episode, year. I mean, I last year, whatever. It was last year. It was <laughs> last year. We talked last year about doing this, and we put it off. And I was saying because I kind of got the vibe that this I wanted to know if the ending of this movie was in the poem, because it seems like this is. The ending of Last Temptation of Christ. It's exactly the same yeah. format. No, like it, he, no, it's 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 a yeah. wild divergence from the poem. <laughs> so he, he one has of many. Last, he runs on. He he has a full life, um, uh, but unlike Last Temptation of Christ, where you see Christ actually kind of enjoying a normal life, um, uh, he is not enjoying any part of it. He's doing everything. From his his uh, a fearful stance of what his head th- tells him he should be doing, he's not 
uh, following, uh, not um, bringing Essel with him to a ladyship. He's not. Uh, he's not even. He's taking the baby and not reje and rejecting her. He's marrying some person that the 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 would be better for the kingdom if they were joined together. He's doing all this stuff um, and miserable every part of it. And and not only is he miserable, but no good comes of it at any point. And so then when that becomes clear to him, then he realizes the only thing he can do, the one thing he's the most fearful of is accepting his responsibility, which was he did a challenge. The person just offered him up and he overstepped everything and took his head off. So he's like, now I must, I must own up to my responsibility to repay in kind. And that's when he's finally be become a mature functioning adult. And that's why the Green Knight doesn't, you know, um, is, is, is uh, proud. Now, is why the Green Knight what? Well, he's proud of him and doesn't kill him. He doesn't kill him? I don't believe so. The last line of the movie is off with your head. So you think after that he kills him? It's ambiguous, isn't it? He's he, well, he, because before he lifts the axe and then he says, wait, and he takes the sash off to say, I want this result. I want I want what's coming to me. I don't you know? think that's what that means. I, I, really? I, it's ambiguous, but that's not how I interpret it. But, but, so, but so then he comes down and he says, very good. And he takes his finger and he rolls it across his throat. And he said, off with your head. And to me, the thing that, that I took from the ending, and I'm not saying it's right, but the thing that I took with it, that I loved it, was that was, unfortunately, it was, you know, calling, recalling Lewis Carroll. But... <laughs> um, um, so a little bit of mixing metaphors there, but, but I took it as off with your head, meaning more like get, a, uh, uh, don't think with your head, think with your heart and your soul, get rid of your head. Your head is what's causing you to do all these things that only bring you doom and doom to everything around you. So off with it, lead with your, with your heart. That's what I took from that moment. Well, lead with your heart would like go to Essel, right? But right, yeah. When the fox says, what does the fox say? The, when the fox says... <laughs> I was like, did he talk? <laughs> when the fox says, like, you don't have to go through with it. Just leave, you know? You're the only, you and I are the only ones who will know that you didn't go and fulfill your honor, your pledge. You can go live your life. You can finish mm -hmm. your song however you, however you will. Now, to me, that read as a temptation. Yeah. But, um, but I do think... Is that following I, your I, head or your heart, though, if you say, well, I don't need, actually don't need to go through with this challenge. This was a I stupid follow, challenge to accept in the first place. Uh, that was uh, probably your head. I'd say your head. Because it makes more sense. You don't have to go. Yeah. Now, the thing that Essel says that I think the movie does believe and supports... You know, your your the sense you were putting out there is, is when she says, um, "Why?" Well, I wrote it down here. Where is it? Um, uh, this is how silly men perish, or how brave men. Be, uh, and he's and then, you know, uh, Garwin says, "Or how brave men become great." And she goes, "Why greatness? Why is goodness not enough?" Yeah, I think it's really important to understand the whole movie. 
I think it is too. Yeah. And I think yeah. going through with this, I you know the the whole point of him going to the Green Chapel and having the blow returned is to achieve greatness, right? And so Essel is Essel is agreeing with the Fox, right? You know, Essel oh, yeah. and the okay, Fox yeah. are saying the same thing: is you don't. There's no point in going through with this. Like this is stupid. <laughs> like there, yeah, exactly. there is nothing important that's going to come out of this except your head coming off, and what is that actually going to achieve? You know, um, that you, you the only reason you accepted this stupid challenge and fell into this trap was because you you bought into this idea that you had to achieve glory and greatness. And what has that gotten you is going to is getting your right. head cut off. That's it. You know, so they can sing right. songs of you after you're dead. But also exactly. Yeah, I, I completely agree with that. But I also think that layered also in there. Is a, is, is a journey of his own self because the whole, every response that Garwin gives to a question or even a offer of gift or, char or characterization is he's always saying, that's not my place. You, you, think, you, think I'm, you must think I'm someone I'm not. And he's always, people are saying, or, or you know, the king says, sit by my side. And, and, you know, and he, he says, he says, uh, no, I, 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 that's not my place. And it's a, it's a place of like fear and shame that he's not feel like he can live up to. He's not worthy, basically. And I, th I think it's, it, you have, it's, it's not sensibility from which he says that it is genuinely a feeling of unworthiness, regardless of the validity of the standards by which he feels he's unworthy. You know what I mean? So I feel I I feel the the centerpiece of the whole movie thematically is when he's at the Lord and Lady's manse, whatever. Yeah. Um and they're having dinner by the fire. It's like after that guy's first night's hunt. Right. And um and he and and the Lord are sitting in their chairs. Uh, the lady and the the blind lady, the blind lady are sitting at the table, and there's a couple of conversations that happen. And one is uh, the Lord asks him, like, so what? Uh, you know, so you're gonna go through with it, right? Um, what 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 are you doing it for? And <laughs> and you know, and and Garmin's like, honor. He's like, are you asking me? Like, you don't know. <laughs> Right? He says, uh, uh, yeah, honor. It's like, oh, okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So when you go through with it, like that, you're going to be a transformed man. Oh, I, I, I can't wait to see that. I, w I wish I could see the, how the changed you after you fulfill your pledge. It's making it, it to me. That's clearly making a mockery of the whole notion. Yeah, oh, absolutely. That he is going through any kind of legitimate growth by going through this process. That there's any value to it whatsoever. Right. But he still does. That's what I think is so brilliant. He still it. does, but he I think he's like trapped in this in this notion. No. I think that's what well, the no, flashback no, I, uh, he, oh, sorry, well, who does no, no, what? Sorry. Who does no, no, what? I, no, when I, when I said he still does, I meant I meant um, the whole thing, it's a, it's making a mockery of this whole stupid notion that you could ever achieve growth by going through this, but 
he when he goes through it, he still does achieve growth, just not not in the way that he or anyone else thought. You know what but I mean? What's the so what's the except growth maybe ex- his I don't I don't get mom. what the growth is exactly. I think okay. He, so well, obviously it would be a whole lot different movie if at the beginning of the movie it'd be well there'd be no movie <laughs> if at the beginning of the movie um, he leaps over that table and knocks the wine over, which I, I love the cuts of the wine, you know, spilling over the stone at, right after he because it's like okay you've done messed up. <laughs> There's no good. It's coming after this. And the the uh, the 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 um, challenging knight, let's say, um, holds his axe and then he just opens his arm up, you know, you know, and he's like he's not going to fight. And if he hadn't struck him, or if he had just kind of tapped him, but no, Garwin feels like, you know, there's it's, he fears that there's some evil trick to this, so he just beheads him, but. What if he didn't? What if he, you know, I thought that the right thing to do would be to not do it or just land the blow and that's it. Yeah. You know? Wouldn't that be more like chivalrous have... just to. <laughs> yes. Way more because you just land a blow and <laughs> then you'll get it time. back. Yeah. Just give him a little time. There. Merry I landed Christmas. A blow. Merry Christmas. I'll come see you in a month and you can tap me on the thing. Yeah. Because remember the queen or the king turns to him and says, remember, it's only a game. You know, he's yeah. trying to tell him it's not but life the or king death is for his first like, I wish I could jump over this table and <laughs> kill you myself. <laughs> when he didn't do anything, he just walked in. Yeah. Like, how dare you? Have you read the book Holes no. by Louis Sachar? All right. You saw the movie Holes? No. Oh, they're both great. I actually love the movie Holes and I love the book Holes. And, and it's a young adult novel, I think. Um, and or children's book. It was a Newbery Award. I've seen the adult movie. <laughs> I'm going to try to forget to take this out. Anyway, uh, well, real quick. The plot of the movie, the, 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 the setting of the book and movie is Camp Green Lake, a, a, a juvenile pr- uh, delinquents, ju- juvenile detention center that's a third party vendor. And it's a, basically an old lake that is dried up in Texas. And um, the people running it say, okay, here's how it works. There's no fences because you, if you run off in any direction, you're gonna die from heat exhaustion and, and yell spotted the lizards. You're not, gonna, you're not gonna get anywhere. So you don't even think about it. But every day you're gonna get up and you're gonna be handed a shovel and you're going to go out in the middle of the desert and you're going to dig a hole five feet by five feet because you take a bad boy, you make him dig a hole every day, turns him into a good boy. Did they make That's you, their... That's like Cool Hand Luke. Did they make him fill it I've back never, in too? No. Yeah. I've never seen Cool Hand Luke actually. But that's what they do. They say, but it becomes... So maybe... No. That's how they so anyway, break him. That's how they break him. They make him dig a hole and then they make him fill it back in and they make him dig a hole. Ah. So all these kids, this desert is just full of holes in, in the lake, in the, where the lake used to be. And uh, the imagery is pretty powerful. And the idea is, is that you start to realize that maybe, maybe the people running this link have an ulterior motive for making these kids do this. But they stick to their thing of, you take, you take a bad boy, you make him dig a hole every day, turns him into a good boy. And it's a ridiculous premise. It's a, it's a ridiculous concept. It's, it's, no, it's not. And so... Our main kid, Stanley, who's just get, who's just befallen bad luck, you know, sent to pr- basically juvenile prison for a, something he didn't do, 
he's this heavy kid in the book and he's not in the movie and I wish he was, but he's this heavy kid in the book. And over the course of the book, he starts to shed all that weight. And most of the book is descriptions of digging and thought processes behind how he's going to dig his hole today and how he doesn't really know how to do it in the beginning. And over time he figures out like, this is, okay, my blisters on my hands and my exhaustion and I only get water at this time. And if I do this way, that blows, the wind blows it back in my face. So I have to do it. And so he basically figures out a methodology, an ideology on how to dig a hole. And in a weird way, as ridiculous as the concept was of self, of self improve of self improvement by digging a hole every day, he actually weirdly does. Now the, the, it turns out the people who are running the lake are criminals and they have an ulterior motive and they all, and it's all uncovered and the camp's shut down. But in this weird way, Stanley does actually develop, a, become a better person and, 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 and self-discipline and self-confidence through digging a hole every day. It's kind of crazy. You know what? And that part, what? It could, you know, it could have helped Stanley much more quickly. What? Is just shout his troubles down into the first hole. <laughs> Although maybe that only works yeah. if you listen to this one song that will change your life. Oh, right. so anyway, I, I, I think I've thought about that when I was thinking of the Green Knight, because, again, you know, the people that question why he's doing it are completely right to be doing so or, or surprised when he doesn't know why he's doing it. He didn't know why he leaped across the table. He just wanted to appear worthy yeah. because he knew he was well, not. He just been set up. You know, yeah. King Arthur, his uncle, Uncle King, uh, said, "I, I, I want to hear a story from you, and I don't have one." So he thought he had to come up with the story, like he's so he's trying to achieve glory. Now, what I don't fully have a concept of what the movie's saying, although it, it the imagery seems to be pretty clear. The um, his mother, his mother's role in this the the, yeah. the the ceremonies and writing it out makes it seem because she's she's upset with him spending all night in the flop house and drinking all night and coming in the next morning that's the only thing we have for her before christmas morning of their relationship and so it seems like and correct correct me see if i'm all it seems like they're trying to say the mother has set all this in motion oh yeah she you see her write the spell out Right. To yeah. basically kick this boy in the pants and have him step up to become an adult. Well, I think this is ambiguous. I think right. this can be read two ways. Okay. I think in what's closer to the poem, even though it's Morgan Le Fay is his is not his mother, it's his like step aunt or something, whatever. Mm -hmm. Like his in the Arthurian legend, his Morgan Le Fay is not his mother, okay. um, but his it's his mother's sister, like half sister or something like that. I don't know, whatever. But they just say sister to to make it more tangible. And Morgan Le Fay is behind the whole thing mm -hmm. in in the poem. Okay, I think it's ambiguous, and how I initially read it as, and on a rewatch, I I feel like it's more ambiguous, but I still lean this way is that um sorry so in the poem it is totally to set up this test for king arthur's knights like will they be brave enough um to pass this test i'm going to do a test we'll see if they're brave enough to pass it 
they might not be right um also i want to scare my sister guinevere (laughs) (laughs) the way i read it with making it his mother and when she says like why she's not going to the the jolly christmas dinner why she won't partake (laughs) in this merriment other than it's a real downer yeah When yeah, when the ghost of Christmas past shows her what happened at the party, she will not regret missing this one. When she says, I don't have the stomach for it, I think that's her critique of all the bullshit that's going on. And I think she sends the green knight thinking some other knight is gonna take up the challenge and her boy is gonna see just how bullshit this all is when he gets his head cut off and that will keep him from this life. He'll, he'll stop wasting himself thinking he has to live up to some ideal that he doesn't have to live up to. And he'll go live a real happy life. He will pursue goodness instead of greatness. Right. I, I can see that because, because she says you go and tell me what you see. Yeah. Right. Because otherwise, she thinks it was it's like, going to happen to somebody else. Right, it's an object because, lesson. I mean, and it's a tragedy. I mean, it's like, oops, he he's the one who did it, and I wasn't expecting that. And it's a tragedy right. when when he's the one who becomes king. It's her her in that right. in that last interpretation of Christ thing. Like her expression is very ambiguous, but I I th- still think it leans in. Oh shit, this isn't what I wanted. Yeah. I, okay, because because basically she obviously she set this in motion because otherwise there's no reason to see that whole ritual because she writes the letter and then the Green Knight hands them the exact same letter. So like we know that that happened, but yeah, I I think you could yeah you could read it either way because I think there's enough in the beginning before Christmas Day that uh, can denote that she's disappointed with her son and would like well I'm going to give him a challenge boom. But I think without you know going too far into it that 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 you that um what you presented is definitely a po- an interesting possibility because yeah. they never come really come back to it they don't she come never back comes to back and says see but i feel like it's reinforced by other things that are that happen yeah so something that's completely invented for the movie in a section i love is when he comes across the scavenger right so he starts off on his journey he's These been the thieves in the forest uh, yeah, the thieves, yeah. right, in the battlefield. Right. So first, before he goes off, he gets, like, anointed, and he gets a shield and blessed. When, and this is from the poem. is like, the five-pointed star represents the five wounds of Christ who will protect you yeah. on your journey. And inside the shield is a painting of the Virgin Mary who will watch over you because as a knight, you are, um, you know, representing the the ideals of Christ who wants you to use your sword to kill people, right? (laughs) (laughs) Right? Uh, You know, Arthur has this, has this little speech about how, about how he brought peace. He looks out his window and he sees the land that he brought peace to by killing the Saxons and making them bow their heads. (laughs) Right. In subjugation. In subjugation. (laughs) Right? And I did Christ's work by doing that. So let's have our, our Christmas celebration in which heads will be chopped off and we'll all clap. <laughs> you know? It's like it's yeah. like just the corruptness of yeah. of of their fake morality is just like kind of seeped into everything. And so 
So he's given yeah. his shield that's going to protect him with Christ and, Je- and, and Mary and Jesus. And, and, uh, and, and so then, like the next time we see that, see that shield, Mary's image is going to be inverted and mm-hmm. it's going to get stomped on and broken. Right. right. And like that ain't shit <laughs> like this. Yeah, exactly. Like, you know, well, everything they said that this quest was about, uh, uh-uh. like, no, that none of that is, is true. <laughs> like, that's what that image yeah. says to me very plainly. Um, and in between we get this thief, this, this, uh, the scavenger who has my prize for, uh, best, uh, best performance in a bit role in a bit part. <laughs> Oh, what's this? Yeah, guy's the name? the Burdette game. He he's an actor that's been cast in a lot of movies, and every time I see him, I go, I don't get what this guy's weird. And then every time after the movie's over, I'm like, that guy was really good. <laughs> Barry Kilgan. Uh, yeah, that's his name? he's Barry in the Eternal K- or Kilgan. K- yeah. yeah, he's in the Eternals, and I think he's great in the Eternals. He's like my favorite one of them. I haven't seen that yet. He's in Chernobyl. He's got a very memorable. Um, yeah, he's really good subplot. Uh, he's so yeah, he's so demented <laughs> in this role. There's like something off about him immediately. Like, uh oh, watch out for this yeah. guy. Um, exactly. <laughs> and just like how easily uh, these these low lives like overcome our would be night. Right. And just like, you know, whatever, whatever heroic, whatever was supposed to be heroic about this guy. Like if he was had it in him, we would see a lick of it here. Right. Right. And there's just like there's nothing heroic about this moment. It's just humiliating. And and, yeah. uh, And potentially life ending, you know, just that's it. Yeah. Right. You were naive. Yeah. Like I kind of feel like this. If you're looking at it in terms of the maturity storyline, which is hard not to, I, I think so, because he's being sent off. It's like he's going to college. He's going to the big city for the first time. He's come. He's a privileged kid from some place else. He goes to the now. He's going to the big city for the first time, and he's walking downtown and just. And then he gets a taste of what life's really like, unsheltered. You know. That's what it kind of felt like to me. But if this was that you normal know? kind of story where it was about him growing past that, like he would figure out how to get one up on those guys, you know? Right. But no. <laughs> right? Like he would, right. he well, would well, counter yeah, them yeah. again and next time he would. But that's would, not the story, right? Right. But that's not the story here because that's not what this is about. Like this isn't, there, we don't see him do anything later like, oh, he would be able to handle well, that situation better this time. But yeah, but I think I think that's that's traditional storytelling of like seeing him, like I, trying to I don't want to trying not to go down these lines. Do you remember Night Shift with Henry Winkler and I've never seen it. Never seen. I've it? always wanted to. There's a thing. Henry Winkler is a meek story. It's like th- th- this is the standard movie Michael thing Keaton. of like he oh, yeah oh god Michael Keaton's great in that where you know Henry Winkler shy guy he orders a deli sandwich he orders a sandwich every t- night. They always put mustard on it. He doesn't want mustard. Oh, this and is the, and the delivery guy is, is always like, "What are you gonna do with it? What are you gonna do? Who cares?" And he leaves. And so the end of the movie, when he finally gets confidence, the guy shows up. He goes, "You put mustard on this," and the guy goes, "You know, take it off." So he like, the delivery guy smears it on the door because obviously he doesn't want to tip. 
It's like the most bullyish delivery guy ever. Smears on the door, and then Henry Winkler grows a spine and yells at him angrily. Now clean off my door, and I want my real sandwich, and all that stuff. And like he's a man now, and I'm like that's weird. But that's that's your traditional Hollywood storytelling. This is different. I think Save that they for, never have uh, to come. We do real men. <laughs> yeah. Okay. All right. They never have to come back to that because somebody can grow into a. A, a a functioning adult without having to revisit all his failures in the past and rectify them, right? That's not necessary to go back and make the bully, you know, no, no, you eat crap this time. <laughs> you know, that's not what that is. I still think Garwin has a, um, a journey to maturity laced into this journey, but also, part of that journey, that journey of maturity, is also recognizing the uh, insipid valuelessness of the structure inherent within. The um, uh, what I love about this movie is how, like you said, how everyone asks him, "What are you doing this for?" Honor, you know, when you said that, is <laughs> like, is like when he's going out. You, as a viewer, is going, "No, wait a second. They're all saying he's going to go get his glory, but by following the the rules, I mean everyone should have said you after he chopped his head off. You were a dummy. What were you doing? Like, like because <laughs> they said, well, now in a year you're going to have to go get your head chopped off. Like that's the game. Yeah. You know, it was a, it was this was a this was a Steve Rogers moment where you take the flag, you unbolt the flagpole, and then you get to ride home in the jeep. <laughs> it's like you took his head off what are you doing and like that should have been the the conversation but no everyone's like you're gonna go do this and you kind of don't even know well, wait a second if i'm gonna go get my glory that means i'm gonna have my head chopped off does that mean i'm gonna get it put back on like the green knight and i'm gonna come home because they all say you're gonna come back they all keep saying you're gonna come back home how how is he gonna come back home so none of that makes sense so then you're going okay so it's it's the legend i guess the legend's gonna come back home and my song is gonna continue by the way this movie every time they said song i thought they said son i was very confused through, <laughs> <laughs> through most of it but um my son's yeah, not so missing like, my son is missing yeah exactly so all of this um, it's this, I think what's so uh, great is in these systems of honor that we have built up in, or even like this, like, let's protect the, you know, grandma would love to die for the economy that's given her and her children so much. It's like, you know, that, that Lieutenant Dan, Lieutenant Dan, <laughs> Dan Patrick from, uh, Lieutenant Governor of, yes, he's Lieutenant Dan, I guess, from Texas who said, you know, it's this thing where you're like, well, wait, what is that? I'm not even sure what the actual point here is. You, like, it, one, this economy's never given us anything. So what does that mean? And so I, I love this confused, like, notion of you're going to go, you're going to die. You'll be heralded as a glory, but you're going to come home a hero. And none of it lines up. And, they, and, and they're just doing it because they're afraid to do, to, to, to not do anything else. And yet when they get there... They're afraid still, and they run away. <laughs> <laughs> so, no, no, and it isn't until you know he experiences he experiences the life of um, of what going through life with that um, guiding principle, and it's horrible. It's horrible. Garter around his waist. 
Yeah, exactly. So, so in the end, when he takes the garter off, it's it's a it's you know it's it's it, you could read it as an expression of this is a magic feather or whatever, or this is a crutch of privilege, or this is whatever. But the but whatever it is, the point is is that he's taking it off to say, I'm going to receive what. I, 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 you know, is it's not about honor of a knight. It's about personal honor. I'm going to accept the consequences of my actions. I'm here in the game. The game was land a blow. I chopped your head off. So I'm going to now accept the consequences, and I'm not going to have any trick of protection. I'm not going to have any sort of thing backing me up. It's just me accepting my own personal uh, responsibility. See, I, and I read that's it, how I read it. I read it a little differently. I read it as, so the garter, so it's him, it's him saying, if I go back, if I, you know, if I keep this garter around my waist, which is like this, this value system I was born in and raised in right. and belong to this idea of, of chivalry this idea of what a knight should be and what a man should be. If I mm -hmm. keep that about my waist, even if I live, I'm still trapped in it, right? And yeah. oh, it's yeah, yeah, still, yeah. I still won't feel, I will still feel the emptiness. I will still like be just as dried out and desiccated right. in my soul as Arthur yeah. is at this point, right? Um, and he's got the sword from the stone and he's over there, look, you know, yeah, looking like he's got a major iron deficiency. <laughs> 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 and and there's just there's no escaping it, right? Right. And so taking off the garter is me saying I don't want to be trapped by that. I re I reject that even if that means I'm going to die right now. That's why I think the ending is denoting that the green knights part of the mother's plan, you know, in that in that the green knight is now all right, this is this is who this is who she wanted you to be. Could now. be. Could and be. so that's why he just kinda like takes his fingers and off with your head. And I still think the 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 power of the movie to me is when he says off with your head, it's like you get you get rid of all these concepts of your head that's just screwing you up. Get out of your head. Off with it. You know, that's how I saw it. But okay, so go back to the uh the Okay. The manor, where I do you think? Uh, tell me what you also relates into what you want to say about the um, the casting of um, Alicia Vikander. Uh, I don't know how you say how do you say her name as who was you know playing Essel and the Lady of the Manor, because it seems what does that mean to you? Oh man, I don't know. Um, so, <laughs> well, I mean, it's clear that she said he, they they have the whole thing about. You, about you're gonna make me a lady. Yeah. I want to be your lady because so I'll give you all the gold. I got all your gold. <laughs> I want to, you know, I want to be by your side. And then he yeah. comes in and sees what she would be like as a lady, like uh, or like or like the familiarity of of her uh, draws him in. But also, it's like this is the lady role that um, what what life could be like. So that could like you know move him closer. Okay, well, before we get there, so he loses, in the forest, he loses the garter and he loses the axe. 
Right. And soon after he um, has the uh, encounter with St. Winifred, mm-hmm. um, who has lost her head. Uh, you could also title this chapter, Ain't Them Saints Bodies? <laughs> yeah, yep. I meant to bring it up. Arthur and Excalibur and uh, him holding on to this old value system that just doesn't work anymore, that you could call that the old man and the sword. <laughs> yeah, totally. Okay, sorry. You were going to say? No, I, I was just going to say, uh, uh, so this is another imagery and discussion about losing one's head. Like, like off, then last slide's off with the head. He goes, I miss, am I missing my head? My head is in the lake. You retrieve my head. Um, I don't know. I'm just thinking about this now because I weirdly didn't make the connection <laughs> until just right now. <laughs> so he chops off this one head. And he goes, will you go retrieve my head? He says, it looks like you, your head is on you. He says, it looks that way, but it's not. Yeah. <laughs> right? Just like right. he's already, his head looks like it's on, but it's already destined to be chopped off. It's just a matter of time. Just like when he takes the sash off in his vision, his head falls off even though the blow of the axe never fell. Right, right. You know? Yeah. It's like he's already he's already doomed. He's already doomed himself. Yeah. Uh, who plays Winifred is... Um, Flag Smasher! <laughs> yeah, Flag Smasher Aaron <laughs> Kellyman. The line that I thought was that stuck out to me the most in that is... And was jarring... Uh, when uh, Garwin says it, when he goes over there and, says, and he th- he thinks for a second because it brought me back to the thief saying, you know, was my help not of value to you? Yeah. And so then, like, Garwin's going to go to the lake and then he stops, he turns back, he goes, if I retrieve it, what are you going to give me for it? I know, right. It's like, <laughs> like part of my jaw just, like, hit the floor, like, you mother, it's her head. <laughs> <laughs> And you do, you go, that's not what a knight would do, you know, whatever. But then she says, why would you ask me? (laughs) And so, and so that's, that, I think that is, that to me is a huge part of the growing up process of like, not everything is a transactional nature. Sometimes you are just help. Most of the time, what you should be doing is either helping those around uh, or getting out of the way. One of the two. (laughs) Well, the next woman he encounters is going to tell him, you are no knight, uh, because he came too quickly on him, on the garter. Right. That's right. Yeah. <laughs> he popped his load. Um, <laughs> so, uh, yeah. So, so we get past that part, and then he finds the axe. Like, axe just reappears. Just and reappears. I guess you could see that-, that as he... Um, well, he fulfilled the side quest of retrieving her head, and so that's his, <laughs> that's his little reward. Does does that mean Saint Winifred recovered yeah. the axe from the thieves? Does that mean the thieves like came through here? What does that mean? I don't know. He's got his axe back. Okay, right. So that was basically he asked, "What do I get for it?" And she said, "But he did, he went ahead and did it anyway." But then he was given that as like a, "You you did what I asked. Here you go." So he did get something for that. In a way, it seemed pretty yeah, clear. Yeah, but it's also not clear why is it there. Like, did, 
but did, did she give it to him? How did she give it to him? Whatever. So when you, there's no other explanation other there's no other explanation for that. I mean, it's not like the Lord he was talking about was the thief who took it right. because she was already decomposed. He's no Lord. Right. Yeah. Oh, he could have yeah, become a no, Lord. You know, whatever, there's no reason to think it, that the two incidents no. connect at all. So, no. so if she was standing there supernaturally to him, then supernaturally she returned the ax, you know? That's my literal well, uh, interpretation of it, which I don't I think is probably the right way to do it. But when we get to the manor, then we're going to meet the lady also played by uh, the same actress who played uh, Alicia Vikander, who played Essel. And she's going to say that she wove the garter herself. She's She has the garter that he lost to the, th right. to the same thieves he lost the axe to. She's got that. So now that's showing up again. And she's saying that she wove it herself. So what's happening? Like why, mm. how, you know, like is there a point in trying to come up with a logical reason for the axe to show yeah. up there when we're getting an illogical, a, a contrary reason for yeah. the, the garter showing up here? Is it a completely well, different most, garter? Like, yeah. I don't know. Like there's some, right. something, uh, I don't, I don't, I, I don't have an answer for that. I think it's um, well. Again, I I don't. That's why I don't think any of this is. I mean, as much as uh, I'm glad there is some, you know, scene to scene connectivity. I don't think it's. Um, I think this is one of the movie that benefits from not taking things literally because um, it's more like the the steps. It's it's uh, the, you know, it's like when you start you know, things. I was you know telling my my son today which was like you know if you if you do something and you uh if you say you're going to do something and then you um do something else every time the next time you want to you want something from the person that you uh did that to uh they're not going to trust you anymore and then you're frustrated because you can't do something simple why isn't she letting me do this and it's like well because she doesn't trust you anymore you know, it's like, and, and you, and that's your actions that cause that. So it's that it's the, the intangible nature of this is that you've brought this upon yourself from your, all your previous built up actions. And if you want that to change, then you got to start, you know, acting differently, doing, fulfilling what you'll say you'll do. And then maybe things will come back around. Uh, you'll build trust again, you know, and in the movies, you do the literal thing of you do something, um, you know, he, he retrieves her head because she needs her head. <laughs> and then she's given his axe that he lost as as a reward. So it's not literal, but it's literal. You know, it's, it's literal, but it's not literal. You know what I mean? <laughs> I guess that's, I'm sorry, I didn't need to explain. Like, like everything I say, I didn't need to explain that. <laughs> that's just how poeticism works. And I don't know why I even bothered... Going into that, but well, this was all along response to your question of, of what did I think about the double casting? Uh, oh yes, of Alicia Vikander in the two, in the two parts. So, I want to get to, I want to get to the 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 speech she gives. So this is right after yeah. that conversation about you know. Uh, so why are you doing this for honor? What you don't know? Okay, so. Right. Uh, I didn't see it again recently, but I remember that being a very good scene. So she suddenly asks, why is he green, do you think? And I got to rewind. Okay, so before before this scene, 
this is I wish I'd opened the episode with this this part she they go into her library and he's like I've never seen so many books before yeah. right and uh, and he asked do you like books and she says oh yes I've or have you read all these books and she says oh yes and she talks about how she she writes them sometimes she copies them sometimes she writes down things that she's heard and she says sometimes when I see room for improvements I make them which is David right. Lowry saying this isn't just <laughs> my interpretation of of right Gawain and the Green Knight this is my rewrite of Gawain you know this is me yeah t- taking giving my critical response of 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 this and then shortly after but, she asks if uh, it's like i also paint i'll make your portrait he says i've had my portrait made already and she says not by me again <laughs> david mm-hmm. lowry saying uh, <laughs> saying this is you know right. i'm doing my take right um right. and then what she the portrait that she takes the camera obscura image that she takes is him inverted saying i'm turning you upside down mm-hmm. like everything that that was portrayed mm-hmm. as good about this story, I think is fucked up and uh and I'm I'm critiquing it right now. So that to me that that's what that whole passage is is saying right there. Right. But also and also in the context of the story, not just of the making of it, um the characters say like there's talk about basically controlling of your uh you know being in command of not only your destiny but your context where he's she's saying you know if i see things i i've written i've copied them and when i see improvement you know i'll change it i'll change it i can do that as a as a um as i exist in this world you know that was kind of neat um you talked about inversion there, there's a moment and i'm curious i don't want to move away from the scene if you're not done yet <laughs> i'm jumping all over the place so go ahead well the thing that I was trying to ponder and really wanted to ponder on the rewatch was the, um, and I don't know if there's a name for them, but the scene with the giants. Yeah. Okay. Giants is very, they're they're giant, beautiful, uh, evocative scene. But I was let the whole, after the first viewing, I kept saying, well, what, what, what did that scene mean? I didn't have a read on it. So, and I kind of have one now. Okay. Go ahead. I have one. No, no, go, go, go ahead. I'd rather hear yours. So when I've heard other people discuss this scene, I've never heard any of them mention that every one of these giants is a woman. Yeah. Which I think is significant. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, and one of them's breastfeeding. Uh, I yeah. think that's appointed. I don't think that's just like, oh, wouldn't that be cool if one was breastfeeding? Um, right. I, 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 so... So I talk a lot about toxic masculinity. I think this whole this whole thing about chivalry and knightliness and and mm. everything and it being a, a co option of of Christianity um, is like is a kind of toxic masculinity. And we see examples of like Guinevere buying into it, right? The queen mm-hmm. who is uh, is extolling it and. and and I think it's really significant that when it must mean something, because it's not in the poem, when the Green Knight comes in and issues his challenge, he speaks through Guinevere's mouth. It could be yeah. anyone, but it's her mouth, right? It's and, and, and Morgan Le Fay, stops. It's Morgan Le Fay writing the words for the Green Knight, 
and it's Guinevere speaking them. And Guinevere stops King Arthur from reading it. Like King Arthur is about to read it and she her hand jumps steps out yeah. and, and basically says no and she takes it. Yeah. Like yeah. And as if knowing that something was you know. And I feel like that's the kind of you know, and you see it in in lots of ways. That's the kind of like um woman of privilege who's benefiting from the patriarchy and so she supports the patriarchy, right? Um and and she's like dressed in these like metallic <laughs> she's got like um what do you call when you like go around Disney World and collect your pins? She's got her pin collection on her robe. <laughs> flair. Right? Flair. Yeah. She, right. She's got more than the minimum flair for sure. <laughs> and and I, I I just feel like the the giants, the giantesses are an example of like this is more like this is more of like just a natural state of being mm-hmm. that you could tap into. You know, he sees them and like, could I ride on your shoulder? <laughs> and when they speak to when she turns and speaks to him, like he can't comprehend what's being said. It's like you could go. You could just do what the fox says. You could just go off. Go off mm. and, and be free. You know, you don't have to be this to be bound up in these castle walls of artificiality and this like this metal shell. Um, it, it's just like it's, it's an example of more of a, you know, organic, tender, yeah. um, natural state. It's, you know, it's closer to the, you know, the Hobbesian. No, not the Hobbesian, the Rousseau and um, ideal of of the natural state of of per, of man to be more free and happy before mm-hmm. before the the tyranny of the state <laughs> takes away their freedom <laughs> right. that's that's how i read it that's cool that's really cool i like it see this this that's why this is one of the best movies of the year is because it no matter if you have different takes so many different layers of thought when you really start thinking about it and go like my while looking at it, when I was watching it this time um, it taking the the personal growth route uh, it seemed to me to be uh, uh, basically visually interpreting when you uh, you've kind of okay this is who I am and this is where I'm going uh, and and uh, and then you get up and you're like whoa there are like everyone else in the world who seems to uh, know what they're doing and are already established are huge and incomprehensible and seem to be on a path and stature that you can't comprehend. Oh, yeah. And then and then and and he's looking at it and the first thing you do is think, well, how can I harness this for me? And he says, "Hi, because you guys are so big and powerful and I'm so small, I can get a leg up. Could you guys carry me on your shoulders? And then when the when the giantess turns around, you're not quite sure if she understands him or not. Um, but when she reaches out to him, because you're not sure if she does or not, he cowers and she's confused. And it's like, 
It's like you asked to be carried. And then when I reach out to pick you up, you cower. Why? You know, and like something confusion. And then the, the fox walks up and I was trying to interpret that whole last moment. And the best I can do is that we have this moment of confusion where fear can can permeate and, and, and bad things could happen. So it's going to create a conflict. And then the, the fox walks up, does a howl to, uh, to harmonize the situation. And then everyone starts harmonizing together to kind of bring mm. that back into kind of a reset from a disturbing disturbance, kind of back to this calm unison of harmonizing each other. Then everyone goes on their way. Yeah. And I thought that was really cool. And then, but right after that, what happens? What's the shot right after that? They walk away. Garwin's and uh, and the fox are walking on their rocky kind of desolate tundra or whatever, and then the whole world inverts. The camera just yes slowly rotates to be upside down. The trope I've been seeing more and more. The, the right. So what's that? Trope. And if you yeah, and a lot of if you if you start reading tarot cards, the inverted things are mean always mean so much. <laughs> um, what does it mean? But like. It mean it's it's um I don't do tarot cards. Well, I don't I don't really know. I've just been seeing a lot of programs with uh with uh, tarot card readings and they're all saying that oh this one's upside down. That means there's actually a great moment in, in Nightmare Alley where the person says, That's the hangman, he's inverted. That's not that's really something and then he goes, Hey, it's no problem and Bradley Cooper reached out and just turns it up around and he goes, There, fixed it. <laughs> <laughs> Um, but uh, 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 yeah so so the big thing now now, so that's kind of how I was reading it that time I fear there's a literal interpretation that either that that I'm rejecting and maybe shouldn't be because right before the giant scene he eats mushrooms oh yeah he's totally on shrooms (laughs) (laughs) so where is so so is, 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 is are we to literally take this as a hallucination yeah um. Okay. All right. Yeah. And but he vomits them all up. You know. You know. It, you know. So when does he come off the shrooms? Yeah. Exactly. You know. That's what Never. we don't know. When he wakes up in the uh, in the in the Lord and Lady's manner. Well, maybe that's why the lady looks like Essel. Yeah. Because he's still tripping. Maybe he comes off of them when he's at the Green Knight's Chapel and after he's had the hallucination. You know, he didn't keep the After several he nights. He didn't even keep those shrooms down, though. He threw them up right away. No, he didn't. So it couldn't have been that much of a. The dose. fox kept him down, though. Well, the fox. The, the fox, fox has many down. tricks. I did like when, when the giants first appear, and the kind of the hand comes over the ridge. Um, oh, sorry, requisite Godzilla reference, a la Godzilla, uh, <laughs> a la Godzilla's first appearance in Godzilla, uh, Rojira. Uh, the ant comes over and Garwin stops and it show, it shows the, I forget if it shows the fox first or so, but Garwin like sees the, the giant and then he looks at this animal and it cuts like he looks down at the animal and it cuts the animal's reaction like, Ooh, as if to say, you seeing this shit? <laughs> <laughs> animal? We haven't even talked about how great Dev Patel is in this. Oh, he's wonderful. He's fan freaking tastic. He's he's one that I was like, okay, best actor in Om for sure, and uh, he's kind of my Delroy Lindo of this year. Oh, I'm not going to go that far, but yeah, um, he's great at like no, just, 
being in a lot of scenes where he says nothing or barely says anything. No, yeah, it's a it's a great reaction well, he, performance. He's carrying so much of the movie's like the understanding of the movie's themes uh, through his performance, and it's it's that's what's so impressive to me is like especially when they're that this esoteric and 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 ambiguous that he's able to create this kind of like through line of of who this guy is throughout all this amorphous context it's really impressive now i liked all the performances in this movie i thought it was all very yeah, strong great cast i think uh, i think it's a shame that the sound didn't get a nomination i don't see that the sounds getting nominated for anything mm -hmm. i thought the sound was great costume I, uh, oh yeah I, I think it's a shame that the costumes didn't get any accolades whatever okay but that's just the that's just the uh, the academy it apparently got a lot of love from uh, other awards things like you know the art directors guild <laughs> and uh, uh, Austin Film Festival and Chicago Film Festival well no those that's just okay. Amazing. Those aren't on my list. I'm looking at, but um, I'm not seeing. But yeah, you know, is not is not getting a lot of love uh, on the award circuit. Okay, back to the manor. I want to talk about the poem for a minute. This section is called the exchange of gifts. This is the longest part of the poem because it's kind of stretched out. So this guy, this lord, he likes to go on his hunts. He likes going on his hunts more than he likes spending time with his lady. But when he comes back from the hunt, he really likes spending time with with Garwin. And they have this game where he's like, uh, I'm going to go out on my hunt. You're going to hang out with my lady. She's going to entertain you. And then when tonight, we're going to exchange gifts. Whatever I get today... I'm going to give to you, and whatever you get today, you're going to give that to me, right? So he goes out. We get this long stanza, multiple stanzas about how the hunt goes, right? Um, first day, it's a boar, whatever. And mm -hmm. then there's this a long passage of uh, Garwin wakes up. The lady has come into his room, and she's like, hey, um... Guess who's at, at the hunt all day? My husband. Um, hmm. Uh, and there's like lots of flirting, heavy flirting going on. Um, she's like, I got you captive here, don't I? Oh, wouldn't it be nice if, to have you as my prisoner? And he's like, ho, ho, ho. And he has to like, his, his challenge is to very courteously rebuff her advances while still being jolly and mm -hmm. cheerful and, and chivalrous. Right. Um, but she does get a kiss from him. And so at the end of the day, the Lord's like, well, it's time for our game. I know you've been spending all day with my wife. I won't ask you what doing what, but I'm going to give you what I got today, which was the best slice of this boar. What'd you get? You got to give it to me. And so Garmin stands up and gives him a kiss on the mouth. And he says, ho, 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 you, you rascal, you, you are up to something today. Ho, ho, what a night, ho. Well, that game was a lot of fun. I think tomorrow I really want to play this game again. So the Lord is like, Why really? Why did he give him the book? Why did he give him the book, right? The 
Lord is really into this. So the next day, he's like, okay, Garwin, I got a, I got a, I got a, um, whatever, uh, I got a bear. Like, here's a slice of bear butt steak. What you got for me, huh? And so now Garwin, who had to go through the same thing again, gives him two kisses. And he's like, oh, this game is awesome. <laughs> Tomorrow, you and I are definitely playing this game again. <laughs> Like it's pretty clear, like you know that right. that the this Lord, whatever his name is, is like an early gay icon for those <laughs> in the know, right? The way or, like yeah. or, or or someone who likes to watch, uh, but probably the other way around. Yeah, yeah. Probably. He's like you know, I you know I I don't like having sex with my wife. She doesn't like having sex with me. She'll uh, she'll have sex with you, and then you have sex with me. We're gonna keep playing this game. Tomorrow Which is this kisses. is the Green Knight. This is the Green Knight's challenge too. Next is going to be three whatever you kisses. land a blow on me, I get. I yeah. you come back to me at the end of the year or the end of the night, and then I give it to you. We're, it's the we're, same we're thing. Work up to it? hand stuff. Yeah. Gonna, <laughs> you know, over the clothes, under the clothes. Yeah, yeah. <clears throat> a little garter action. So it's pretty. It's pretty funny in the uh, poem. So, so, you, oh, so that is in the poem. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. That's the poem. Oh okay. It takes place over three days and and. So I guess I'm forgetting. Did, did how much of that's in the movie? I'm forgetting that part then. So in the movie, it's all very truncated. Where yeah. um, he's going on the hunt the next day, and he's like, "Well, tomorrow we'll exchange gifts." She comes in in the morning wearing red fur, and I'll talk about that in a second. And uh, that's when the garter play <laughs> happens. That's when he's like, mm-hmm. come get it, get it. You want it, get it. And this section um, in the movie is, is actually, it took me a while to re- be able to read the credits, but the section in the movie is called The Exchange of Winnings. The Exchange of Winnings, yes, that's right. Right. So night before, though, they're all in that room, mm-hmm. having supped, and... He's had the conversation with the Lord and Garwin. Like, what are you doing this for? My honor? You don't know? Okay. After that, Lady says out of the blue, why is he green, do you think? I'm just going to read this whole scene. From the poem or from the movie? This is from the movie. It's like, cause okay. it's not in the poem at all. Like, why is he green, do you think? It's a good question. What's the significance yeah. of him being green? Uh, why green? Why not blue or red? And Garman says, because he is not of this earth. Lady says, but green is the color of earth, of living things, yeah. of life. Garman says, and of rot. Right? And Lady says, yes. Yes, she leans forward, her deletage uh, being pronounced in the shadows of the firelight. <laughs> right? Yes, and of rot. We deck our halls with it, and we dye our linens. But should it come creeping up the cobbles... We scrub it out fast as we can. When it blooms beneath our skin, we bleed it out. And when we together all find that our reach has exceeded our grasp, we cut it down, we stamp it out, we spread ourselves atop it and smother it beneath our bellies, but it comes back. It does not dally, nor does it wait to plot or conspire. Pull it up by the roots one day, and then next there it is creeping in around the edges. The rot. I'm, in, I'm interjecting the rot. Okay. Whilst we're off looking for red, in comes green. 
Red is the color of lust, of, I'm going to interject some more, of conquering, of bloodshed, right? Mm-hmm. Of, think, of going after all these things you think you want and you don't need, right? Going after the lady instead of Essel. <laughs> right, right. Right? Going after somebody else's, somebody else's uh, lady. Um, red is the color of lust, but green is what lust leaves behind in heart and womb. Green is what is left when ardor fades, when passion dies, when we die too. The rot, you seek red, it leads to the rot and the death, right? Green is, uh, right. Uh, when you go, your footprints will fill with grass. Those songs are gonna fade away. Moss shall cover your tombstone, and as the sun rises, green shall spread over all, in all its shades and hues. This verdigerous will overtake your swords and your coins and your battlements, all you've built, all you think you've achieved. <laughs> Look upon my works, ye mighty in despair. Ye mighty. Yeah, it's right? Ozymandias. Yeah. Try as you might, all you hold dear will succumb to it, your skin, your bones, your virtue, your honor, this whole thing you think you're right. going for, it's all just rot. The whole system is just rotten. And so next morning she's going to come in. Of course, she's been wearing green this whole time. (laughs) Right. Next morning she's going to come in dressed in red, the color of lust. And she's going to tempt him. He's going to go for it. And then the green garter around her waist is the rot that follows. Right. And so when he takes that covered with the jizz of his own lust, right, (laughs) going for this thing instead of staying at home with Essel and just being satisfied with goodness. He's gone for, he's gone for the red. He's, Mm -hmm. and now here comes with the, the rod of green cinched around his waist and he's trapped in it. Right. And then that's what that whole temptation vision is, is how he remains trapped in it. He can't be untrapped in it. It's not just fear of death that it represents. It's, it's all that he has pursued mm-hmm. becoming like a, yeah. a noose, you know, that's how I, and so him, him at the end saying, I, it's not worth it. It's not worth it. I'm no. taking it off. Yeah, exactly. I it. That's all I got to say. <laughs> <laughs> it, yeah, absolutely. I completely agree. I, I, and, I and, and oh, I say not agree is not the right word. I feel the same way. But I still do think at the end he I I, I my my interpretation it's not because I want it to be one way or the other I still think it's because it's, it's funny that the Green Knight's green but he's not rotted he seems to be of of thriving life right just moss covered nature well, it's awfully that, creaky that everyone's it's awfully <laughs> creaky but nature's pretty creepy pretty sleepy too it's like tree beard <laughs> yeah. But I do think, I do think he's spared in the end because of the place he has come to. And 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 that'd be nice. They they definitely don't. I I I don't think the movie really gives you a. I, I don't think the movie's telling you one way or another. I think no. you know because it doesn't matter. Well, it doesn't kind of doesn't matter because the whole it's him taking off the the garter that is the only thing that matters. That's the point of the movie gets there, there. 
And once he's there, that's that's well, the movie ends. You know, I don't. I really don't see any. I don't take anything from it that says, "Oh, well, he's definitely speaking metaphorically when he says off with your head." I tend to think, "Well, he's already trapped. He's already it's too late." Like he's uh well that's he, he, that's what I was trying he's, to get out. He made he committed the, too much to this and and his head is coming off in the end anyway. Um uh you know, it's either coming off now oh, or it's coming so you off think, later. So you so it's coming off later. So you think that he's still going to have that future that he saw? No, I think his head's getting chopped off right then and there. Oh, okay, all right. And do you see that as a positive outcome? No. To this? No. <laughs> see, I see it as a positive outcome to the movie. I see the movie as a very positive ending. I think it's a more That's honest interesting. ending. Yeah. Um, but I still think he's doomed. Hmm. I think he's actually come through the other side. Well, that'd be nice. I just don't see anything from the Green Knight that let's I, I don't know. Really? Because I think that's all he's transmitting. That's that's interesting. Yeah. I, no, I, I like Ralph Ineson, you think, is just like just seems really benevolent, benevolent in that moment. And, yeah. And, because yeah. Well, he's he's never he's never truly at any point really seemed like. Uh, what's the what's the opposite of benevolent? Malevolent. He's never seen malevolent at really? any point. I oh I I think he does. I think he's like, I making mean, a mockery of this whole thing. I think he's, I think he's like yeah you, uh, t- you taking the garter off so you don't have to spell. Okay, you're you're gonna get your head chopped off too, just like you're supposed to. <laughs> I don't know. That's what the ending <laughs> says to me too. Like you did it, you know. <laughs> like you bought into the bargain. You're you're paying the price now. Like good boy. I'm proud I of guess you. the I guess the next image as soon as he like takes his finger and like crosses his throat and says off with your head and then the next shot is a tree stump with the word the green knight in it. Yeah. Which then fades so away. I guess which I guess then is, is the chopping block, isn't it? Could be. Right? Yeah. And then the name like fades out and the the stump remains. Your footsteps will fill with grass. Hmm. Yeah, maybe. Yeah, it's interesting. I think it's like you, you, you done fucked up. <laughs> you bought into this, and now you're paying the price. Sorry. <laughs> but yeah, you, you bought into this, uh, and, and so so the the fucked up part you're talking about is the chopping of the head off. The fucked up right? is um, chopping the Green Knight's head off in the first place. Right, that's what I meant. That's yeah. what I meant. That's what I meant. It was like leaping over the table. And then chopping up because he thought that would bring him honor. Yeah, I told you I was going to cut your head off, and here I am doing it. Like, what? Well, don't be surprised. Right. <laughs> <laughs> you were, I yeah. said you were supposed to let me do it, and you're going to let me do it. Good boy. I'm proud of you. <laughs> <laughs> and now here it comes. Like, I don't know. Here I, it I, comes. I, yeah, yeah. That's, that's yeah, how absolutely. I read the ending. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, it was a I, fascinating movie. I do love this movie. I deeply love it. Um, this was a shaky kind of movie. Good job. <laughs> and I did not, uh, I you know, uh, I really respected and appreciated a ghost story. It was a, that was a rough one for me. <laughs> um, and part of it is just because um, I'm not 
much of a Rooney Mara fan, and I really am not a Casey Affleck fan. I find, I you know, even with the subtitles on, I like I still couldn't understand a fucking word he said in that movie. <laughs> like, like give me there- like Ralph Ralph Ineson, That guy's got a thick accent. I can understand every word that guy says. <laughs> You know, because he's enunciating in his voice, you know, even as Chris Finch back in the office, you know, yeah, <laughs> like, yeah, 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 I read a book, mate, a book a week, mate, you're not going to catch me with Dostoevsky, that guy, it's like he's got marbles in his mouth or something, I can understand him just fine, he's got a great voice, mm-hmm. like Casey Affleck just like put a little <laughs> fucking effort into talking, would you, you're an actor, Was it- <laughs> Jesus, aren't you getting paid for this shit? You, who was it? Was it you? Uh, was it your letterbox review or somebody's letterbox review of Ghost Story was proof that you don't need Casey Affleck in your movie? <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> exactly. Because it could be anyone under that sheet, although you fucking know yeah. it's Casey Affleck by how well, annoying uh, that's, he is. <laughs> I kind of wanted. I kind of wanted to bring up things like I. I love those little. I love the stunts where it's daring, where they actually pay someone. A big actor to be totally like he could be anyone. Like you got, you know, The Mandalorian, you got Ghost Story, yeah. you got that movie Frank with Michael Fassbender, you got uh, what's another one um, where they're just obscured the whole time. But the thing is, you still got it's still a performance. Oh, yeah. No, and it's a very good performance. I mean, yeah. Now that sheet. Says Which one? A lot. Oh, yeah, it really does. Oh, well, yeah. the ones I've seen of your list. Yeah. But the Ghost Story could very well be. Could be it could be David Lowry under there, you know. But, right, exactly. But it it, it does seem ridiculous. It at some oozes point Casey Afflickness. Right. That sheet. <laughs> that, I I actually I think I liked Ghost Story better than than you probably did. Um, but I there, loved there, it on paper. The, I really did. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. Me too. Because there's one there's one scene in it that I it seems to be the thing the the. the well, well, there's a couple of scenes. Whenever they go to the party, there's like when they have a party in the house. Oh, that's and a great suddenly scene. It feels, it's a great scene. But the but the thing that it's a lot of great <laughs> scenes that I just didn't want to sit through for two hours. The, it's a it's a great scene. But the weird part is, you go. This is the only first scene in the movie that feels like a scene from every other movie. Like this, just feels like an actual scene. Whereas the other ones are like, well, we're more the lyrical, like. Like this is the tone, and suddenly we're in a scene that I would see in another movie, and it's jarring. And I, but I, I, I realize, oh yeah, this is, this is better. <laughs> <laughs> this is kind of the movie I wanted to be watching. And that's features Augustine Frizzell. Uh, that's right, writer director of Never Going Back. It's kind of like watching the when I watched the Incredible Hulk, uh, the first second Marvel movie, and I'm like, no, this is good. This is good. I like this. This is good. And then the post-credit sequence and Tony Stark walks in and you go, oh my God, this is what the movie could have been. <laughs> <laughs> you realize how bad the movie was. You're like, oh my God, this, this last scene's electric. <laughs> uh, I never thought any part of the movie was good. Uh, the, so. um, but the, 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 I remember on Ghost Story, uh, the scene that, that sticks with me is Rooney Mara's uh, pie eating scene where she eats an entire pie oh, yeah. in one shot. And here's the thing about that. Is that the scene worked for me? I actually, it actually did work. I was very moved. But at the same time, I was sitting there going, 
we're going to see her watch this whole pie. Eat this whole, we're going to watch her eat this whole pie. Mm-hmm. Yep, here we are watching her eat this whole pie. Here, we, yep, nope, she's it's moving. I see what she's doing. Yeah. I'm getting something out of it, but and this you is can do that. I'm now thinking of it as a you can do that scene. Trick. You can do that scene with edits, and it will still yeah. emotionally land. <laughs> it still land. I'm just going because now I'm just sitting there. Yeah, the 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 filmmaker. I could hear like the producers are going. Yeah, it's going to be so powerful because the people are going to be thinking we got to see her eat that whole no. time. <laughs> Uninterrupted. I kept, but that's all I thought while I was watching it. Like, you, yes. okay, this is, you can cut. like, it's congratulations fine. on your stunt, but you didn't have to do it this way. <laughs> exactly. It's exactly. I'm a grown up. Like, I can, <laughs> I'm not going to call fake in the movie theater. <laughs> fake, they cut. So these Hollywood wizards with their heads <laughs> taking out all the magic. It's like, I, I got it. Yeah, it's not that I wanted to move on so much as I was to go, you're really going to sit here and make me watch all this yeah. when... You're going to make poor Rooney do nothing. that, yeah, you yeah. know? How, I want to <laughs> see the outtakes. Take 17. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, God. I mean, it's not like old boy where seeing him eat the octopus live was the whole point. <laughs> Or or the whole seven minute or the whole uh, you know corridor scene in one take. I mean that's thrilling. Yeah, right. But like, because you know, but God bless her. She pulled it off and it was moving. And I'm I'm the pro that like God bless. It was impressive. Way to go, Rooney Mara. It was impressive. Way to go, Rooney Mara. David Lowry, you could have cut that. <laughs> you could have <laughs> cut some cutting. Not have to make her eat a whole dang pie in every shot. Come on. <laughs> <laughs> But you know what? I'm still talking about it. I'm still talking about it. So must have done something right. <laughs> you know what would have been funny? Like, I want to see, like, the Pixar short of that pie, like, now under a sheet. <laughs> and how it's just hanging around the kitchen. <laughs> like this. <laughs> and the sheet gets, like, blueberry stains on it. <laughs> So badly. Oh my god, That's so funny. Uh, well, let us know your ideas for David Lowry film spinoffs. Like, um, I don't know. Like, whatever happened to that old guy's gun after he got imprisoned? That old man had a gun, and then when he goes to jail, what happens to the gun? Does it have an adventure? Does it have like two yeah. other old guns it hangs around with, like planning heists? We, we were interested in the two featured characters in the title, the old man and the gun. Yeah, I feel like the gun got short shrift. It just <laughs> totally. I want to see what happens to the gun. So tell us your ideas for other David Lowry fun shorts at you watched it wrong at happypanic.net. Or you can tweet us about it at uh, you watched it wrong with just the letter U. Or put it on our Facebook page. But uh, I'm not going to look at it because fuck Facebook. That's right. Check out and follow our profiles on Letterboxd. He's Carney of Steel. I'm Siggy, two G's, llamas, two L's. And 
uh, we write reviews on there sometimes. You can see our diary. You, if you're paying attention, uh, you can figure out what the next episode of You Wash It Wrong is going to be about. I'm getting better at writing one to two sentence reviews instead of like, you know, a Cormac McCarthy novels. You're, well, they, you know, a lot of yours read like pre bedtime brain dumps. Like, I'm just going to, I'm going to get this yes. all down now and I'll edit it in the morning. And then, and then it's, oops, I posted yeah. it. <laughs> I think, a, I think more than, more than my fair share of reviews in with, should I make this? Three and a half stars or four? Uh, maybe tomorrow I'll change it to four. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, perfect way to describe it. And if you thought Garwin should have an affair with Guinevere, you Lancelotched it wrong. <laughs> I'd go with that one. Okay, we haven't done a pun in a while. I know, I miss him.